Nobody's here for Gundam. The secret is in the internet connection. Gundam. Travel on this wire to the back of your desktop. Gundam. Does it work? That's much better than work at work. Wherever you go, Gundam surrounds you. Now my job is way less soul crushing. Alright everybody, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is uh, Neo and this we're going to be doing episode 36. Never thought we'd be at uh, episode 36 of Gundam. Uh, Soon we'll be hitting the midlife crisis. Soon we will be. Grab the velour jacket with the gold chain and the large uh, engine. Convertible sports car. Bought my Ferrari, man. Yeah, Ferrari. Bugatti Veyron. Yes. It's time. (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And And the young women's. Trophy wives. Definitely, but um, this is going to be kind of a somber episode because uh, it seems like everything is like death inspired in this one. Oh, uh, you know, even I guess it keeps with the theme of the the week that we're recording this because it seems like uh, the one thing you don't want to be is famous because uh, you you seem you seem to die. And you know, we're recording this in the the week of probably I've told a lot of people I think it'll probably be one of the biggest funerals ever is uh, Michael Jackson yeah. getting done. And the only thing I would say on that is you know. I've always been a big music fan, and, and I've always respected his music. I know he was a little kind of weird, but uh, I think, you know, for the most part, people need to kind of remember him for uh, a lot of the music, because everybody knows the dude. So. He, he's inspired two of my favorite anime characters of all time, man. Quattro Bergino and Jotaro Kujo from Jojo's Bizarre Adventure. And, and, let's, and what, let's not... What pre- about giving some props to actual anime characters that he's inspired, <laughs> rather yeah. than just in your own mind? Hey. Well, I mean, where and and where would Gak be without Michael Jackson? There you go. But but uh, what comes to mind for me is uh, Django from One Piece. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you're right on that, man. And he was an anime fan himself. I mean, Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson was. Oh, I'm sure he was. That video, Scream, also incorporated elements of anime in there too. Because Django could not be more Michael Jackson if they tried. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I know he was big in Asia, so I mean, he was like freaking huge there. Even even still in this time, even when his popularity kind of waned here in the U.S. But um, people like to say that he was the he was the more recent version of Elvis, but I quite honestly believe that Michael Jackson was far more popular around the world than he was. But that, that's that's up for debate. It's hard to say. It's, yeah, it's really hard to say because they both basically created genres of music. So I mean, with him doing the more of the pop R and B type style of music, so and then that Elvis supposedly being the father of rock and roll, whatever that is. So well, I'm popping in my copy of Moonwalker. But just um, in his honor, yeah, I, just in his I, honor I think that's weekend. Yeah, he'll hit up the Genesis emulator and play. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Mame to play the arcade version because it was better. It was. <laughs> I played. I spent so many quarters on that game as a child. Yes. If I may make one comment about this, so sure. we can move on. Sure. Um, you know, obviously the he made a lot of good music, and you know, I say this as someone who actually met him twice, but I'm oh. just sickened by the amount of constant you know 24 7 news cycle like every minute on mtv or on cnn or msnbc yeah. like yes he's a famous guy yes he died the world has not ended there are other things going on in the world yeah. how much can you it's like how many like man on the street interviews can you do how many people can you talk to that knew him or came across him or whatever it's like just stop you don't need to obsessively you know go over this do a special you know, and be done. You every freaking minute. Yeah, they, they've 
they've dug up people you thought were dead. To, exactly. You know, talking about like, yeah, back in... I was like, dude, I thought that guy was dead. And he's talking about Michael Jackson. It's like, yeah, yeah back in 76, I opened up for him at, uh, you know, Springfield, Illinois. <laughs> it's like, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Taylor, Diana Ross, they're still alive? What? <laughs> but, you know. Like, man. And, of course, the other tragedy, we, this was found out of the day that we started recording. Hours this is for Soul Bro. His man, uh, well, actually, he wouldn't be his man, but, um, you know, Billy Mays. He's a, fl- he's a fellow Floridian, <laughs> Billy Mays. He also but, um, passed away at the age of 50. I'm, I'm, I'm quite saddened by this. I, w- I won't go on too long, but word. Who is going to pitch me <laughs> useless crap I don't need hey, man, word, in my life? Word to Billy Mays and his family. Um, send, send condolences to... Um, hey, ShamWow guy, you just got a raise. Hey, man. Send, <laughs> send any condolences you have to young Billy Mays on Twitter. Um, that's oh, his son. God. And um, God bless them. And I hope that... Um, uh, I, I hope they, he helps them through, the, through this rough time. And um, also, word to Ed McMahon and Farrah Fawcett. This yeah, who week. cares? But hey, yo, that gives us uh, that gives us word to Lelouch, yo. Hey, Lelouch's. I, I poured one last night to Lelouch. There you go, sipping. Yeah, because he's dead. <laughs> but um, that brings us to one of our topics that we're going to be talking about, and it's death, and uh, ma- mainly Gundam and some mecha shows. Uh, we're going to be talking about some of the funny deaths, because in, in a lot of ways, especially when it's anime, uh, death can be funny, especially <laughs> the creative and hilarious ways they have people die. And it can also be very shocking and horrifying and, um, you know, kind of disgusting, too. And then well, we do another topic of some of the uh, mechanics of Gundam, you know, and, and talk about how, you know, this was always kind of one of these characters that really was brought to prominence in mecha shows when it came to Gundam. And then we talk about some other ones from some other mecha shows there. Anything before I jump into the news, guys? Before anything? I have some news of my own. If oh, uh, sure. Sober doesn't jump the gun on me as he usually is is prone to do. I have Watch the out. cattle prod ready. So I have the, I have the taser ready. Okay. And if he says, don't tase me, bro, that's all the more reason to tase him. <laughs> So uh, for all you uh, wonderful uh, peeps who live in South Florida or near South Florida, July 11th and 12th is Yasumi Khan. We will be there yet again doing another live uh, Gundam. We'll be doing it Saturday afternoon. And it'll be uh, double back-to-back. It's going to be Gundam. And then right after that, we'll be joined by our uh, favorite hater, Austin, for the uh, Haters Club podcast. Excellent. Where uh, various levels of hatred will be unleashed including some uh devious surprises that austin has in store for adam (laughs) (laughs) oh now i'm now now i gotta put on the battle armor it is is his mission in life to uh just break down uh soul bro as much as possible isn't it i'm bringing my kevlar and 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 paul knows what some of these surprises are and i think we'll agree (laughs) that they're devious i'm bringing my kevlar i I was privy to him but you you shall not you shall not get him out of me oh man i'm gonna kind of funny but so if you want more information, go to uh, YusumiKan.com or watch uh, MAHQ.net. Of course, we'll post um, the times and the rooms pretty soon. And uh, I think Solbro has uh, some con news himself to throw. Two weeks after YusumiKan, actually. Um, Gundam will be going to um, Comic-Con over in San Diego. At least some of us will be. And just like last year, we'll be doing a little daily report from Comic-Con. So um, by all means, you'll see information at MAHQ about it, as well as uh, Mechatalk.net. And, of course, the Gundam website, which is uh, Gundam.net, where uh, those little mini-episodes will be posted about our experiences throughout the day. All right, but, cool. Um, enough preamble. Yes. <laughs> now uh, some uh, some real news. 
Uh, you know, and, and I won't have any man on the street reporting here because, well, I don't want to go out in the street right now. Oh, wait. I got one last thing to, to throw in because he's been begging for the last two episodes. Our buddy uh, Snoops has been asking on Twitter for a shout-out. So here you go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I want those uh, the, our British listeners to try to get us on one of those funny uh, English talk shows. <laughs> <laughs> that they get all the Americans on over there. You so just want to be really, on Top Gear. If you really, yeah, I want to get on Top Gear too. <laughs> We're to Limey Man. Thank yeah. you, dude. Yeah, get get us on there, please, because uh, this this American thing's not working. Oh. So <laughs> maybe maybe we can go to another country and embarrass ourselves over there. Or you could just just tell me where I can find some of those hot UK supermodels. There you go. That too. But um, now for some Neo's news, and I got some listener-submitted stuff, and actually a lot of it's some pretty informative stuff here. And the first As one opposed is- to uninformative stuff that you usually have? <laughs> yes. <laughs> or ill-informed stuff that I usually have, too. First one is from one of our submitters here, uh, Zero Buster XX, and this comes courtesy of the fine, fine folks of anime news network with their awesome fair and balanced writing that they have Oh wow! and they're talking about and i know chris wants to add a little bit about this also we had spoken a couple months ago that at the conclusion of macross frontier that there was going to be like a compilation movie well it's now been confirmed on the macross frontier website that there is going to be a second film that's actually going to be a, a new story. In the article here, it just talks about uh, the first film was going to open up on November 21st of this year, and it's basically going to be Macross Frontier, the movie, The False Songstress, and uh, there's a second film that's going to be with no real time pl- time period or anything like that. So, Chris, any information or, or you know what did you want to add to uh, this whole thing with the macros frontier uh, second movie you got it covered i was surprised as anyone to see the news that there'd be a new movie so good because yeah. there certainly are quite a few elements that um were left dangling at the end of the tv show tv show was still enjoyable and had a good ending but you know there could be some more things explained <coughs> love triangle <coughs> <laughs> uh, you know uh <coughs> protocol <coughs> Um, you know, so they, they, they certainly left room for it to be open, and I'm curious to see uh, what they will do, but you've pretty much covered all the information that would be available at this point, because, you know, when it comes to these anime movies and TV shows, these Japanese studios, they always love to tease you just a little bit, you know, early on, and then you've got to wait a long time before you hear some more news. So the fact that this was kept under wraps for this long, it makes you wonder, like, how far in, into production is. The only thing I saw that you didn't mention was... Um, that the movie is slated for some time in 2010. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it is going to be 2010. I think I think part of it too is is looking through the um, article here. Some of it uh, might be the fact that the Blu-rays are doing very very well. In, uh, As are the uh, soundtrack CDs and the single CDs. Yeah, and the, and the, it looks like the mangas have been doing pretty well. Like the um, uh, eight Cross Ace. Yeah, the the uh, eight volumes of the show that have been released on Blu-ray have sold collectively like, over two hundred thousand copies, and have like consistently been in you know uh, in the in the uh, the Oricon charts, weekly charts for sales over there. So I'm sure a lot of that's got to do with that too. So in 2009, we did um, episode reviews for these shows, and in 2010, we're going to be doing movie reviews. Man, man! Hey, all like, we need is Code Geass the movie next year, and we're set. <laughs> we're it'll be set. it'll it'll be like it'll be like 2008, 2009 all over again. Man, and the damn thing changed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Code Geass, Code Geass R three, Re- Resurrection of Lelouch, because <laughs> he's dead. 
But uh, well, um, <laughs> you know, this we might as well mention this since this popped up. Uh, there was a scan from New Type. I don't know. I think it was New Type. I don't know if you guys saw this. Mm-hmm. It's a poster of um, Lelouch with like playing with some collie and C two hanging out in the background. And they're like sitting on some grassy field. Oh wow! Oh, and and he's just sitting there like dressed kind of casually with, you know, and he's playing with this collie. And people were like, "Oh my God! You see, they see that proves that he was the guy on the cart at the end of the episode." When when C two was riding in the hay cart and there was some dude there, is he dressed like the hay cart driver? Because that would have been awesome. <laughs> that, no, that, he's not. He's, he's just like oh, in a white shirt and and black pants. Cause, <laughs> but he's out in a field playing with a collie, which you can't really imagine Lelouch doing that often. Yeah, I, w- I would love him to be dressed like that and Mizushima to still say he's dead. Um, <laughs> maybe it's his um Getting trolled by sunrise. <laughs> m- maybe it's his uh, evil twin hey, that we didn't know about. Trolled by you said Mizushima. Oh, yeah, Taniguchi. Taniguchi. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh my God, we're getting trolled by Taniguchi. I'm sure that picture just further solidified that the whole show is a complete train wreck. So <laughs> train wreck troll. It's a troll train wreck troll. It's I a troll that, wreck. I give that freebie to um 4chan. There you go. <laughs> All right. Have Will this me. become a new sensation, troll wreck? Troll wreck. <laughs> Will this become our our new bashing term for trolls? This is a troll wreck. This is a troll wreck. There you go. I smell a troll wreck. I think you just coined a new phrase, dude. Nicely look, done. Look at that. I will be forever put in the annals of history and the annals. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> a Mainly second. The <laughs> Mainly the annals. <laughs> um, second article here is from the Deuce Bonzo, and also from the fine fine folks at Anime News Network. And I'm really not going to go too much into it, but there is a they have an interview with Yoshiyuki Tamino, old Kill 'em All himself. You know, just basically talking about his career. And one of the things I really kind of get out of this whole interview is uh, don't hold your breath about Gundam coming from him. So, um, yeah. and uh, it looks like it clears up a lot of the things that people have been asking or wanting from this guy. So, um, you know, if you have any questions about him or you're kind of unsure about something, maybe read this article. Cause, uh, or go to the New York Anime Fest and ask him. That too, because he will be also there also. So um, another article here, and this one's actually uh, it was done with a lot of jest here with the way that this post was put on the Neo's News uh, Listener Submitted News article bulletin here is uh, from our friend Peter from Windsor. And um, he's very, very excited because... Lollies are coming? No, even... even <laughs> Lollycon 2009. No, He's uh, having a lolly convention inside his house? <laughs> <laughs> Strike oh, witches. Strike witches? <laughs> Pass out some plain parts, please. No, uh, his, his, other, his other favorite thing that we like to get him on is um, for all those folks that are not sick and tired of uh, Evangelion, Evangelion 1.0 is going to be hitting some theaters in the United States and Canada. And uh, he's actually uber excited because Windsor's on the list. Oh, ho! Yeah. So I had the article up, but for some whatever reason, my um, it's not loading correctly. So it has some dates on there. Mostly it seems like it's uh, the Northeast, the West Coast, and a lot of Canada. So, And it's for very, very short times. But go to Anime News Network, and they will um, have all that stuff stuff there for use and the final one that i have here 
is from one of the posters on the MechaTalk site, and his name is Wilder. And this is, comes courtesy from the folks at CosmicEra.com, one of the blogs there. And they, and this is just for uh, Japan, unfortunately. But on July 24th of this year, Bandai Visual released a new edition of the 10 Gundam movies directed by Yoshiyuki Tamino to commemorate, this is the, must be a typo here, the 39th anniversary of the franchise. Did we just go nine years in, in advance? <laughs> <laughs> is it now 2018 and I forgot what was going on? Yes, we time slipped. <laughs> like John Connor. <laughs> but uh, they're going to have... Um, it's actually, I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. <laughs> it's pretty nice, though. The, the movies that they're going to have are, of course, the three, the Gundam trilogy, the original Gundam trilogy, Shars Counterattack, F-91, uh, both Turn A movies, and the three uh, Zeta Gundam new translation movies that were done not too long ago. And all of the covers of the DVD boxes are going to have uh, the official... Uh, posters of the releases when they originally released in the theaters. So, nice. Unfortunately, Which is all nice except for the fact that none of it is coming out here. Yeah, oh. yeah. And I mean, it, it is it is really nice because um, you know th- there's a link to it, and the box looks pretty nice. But um, but we know, can't have it. Yeah, you can just dream about it. So <laughs> if you want, uh, Solbro is probably starting a petition online to get um, <laughs> to get uh, Zeta Gundam a new translation over. <laughs> well, at least I'm not la douche. Oh, because he's dead, and I'm alive. But uh, that's the news, and I just always only because he got troll wrecked. Troll wrecked. <laughs> see, see, that collie was in the last scene. I knew it. I knew it. No, um, but uh, it's the I, same blade of grass that's present <laughs> in both scenes. Can't you tell? It's the anime version of the grassy knoll. <laughs> Oh my god. But um, I'd like to thank everybody for submitting their articles and, you know, keep submitting them. I'm sorry I didn't get to all of them, but I, I will at a later date. I'm having some problems with the uh, the newsroom printer, so <laughs> it's been a little bit harder to uh, print things off. I, I think doing. you need to call uh, the Gundam tech support department to get right on that. Yeah, probably out so of what, what do we pay them for, after all? I think they're in a Nothing. bar somewhere, <laughs> to be honest with you. Bastards. Where I should be right now. But um. I'll show them what's what and who's in charge around here. <laughs> you know, like I said, anybody that, you know, finds any articles that might, you know, pretty much what we talk about here, you know, just put it on the uh, Neo's Listener Submitted News Articles thread on the MechaTalk forum. We'll be back in a little bit with some death and uh, rebirth. <laughs> You're listening to Goddamn and MHQ. You? I almost numbchucked you. You don't even realize. Need a cake, but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or bakery? In the South Florida area, try EpicSugarWorks.com. This bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series, video game character, or whatever custom design you're looking for. Their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops, as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody. So if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm, go to EpicSugarWorks.com. It's epically delicious. End of discussion! Debate is over! You will write a formal apology! I will what? A formal apology! You will kowtow, you will step and fetch, Frank, if you think you can Get make me... Get used to it! It's the way of the world! If you're so hot on discipline, then goddammit!
Start by accepting mine. Because contrary to popular opinion, I'm the head in charge. Come on, let's get something to eat. You really think you're bad, don't you? Welcome to the show with more headshots than... Wait, this isn't Double O, this is Gundam at MAHQ. That little tagline was submitted by um, Anime Mun. Props to you, sir. And welcome back to the show. In this segment, we're going to be talking about one of the most important parts of a, of a ship's crew, the mechanic. I thought it was the cook that needed salt. We're cook. all going to die without the salt! <laughs> what is Bright going to do with for his fries? Focus, focus. We'll get into food later. But <laughs> in this segment, we're gonna we're gonna talk about our favorite mechanics from the the various Gundam series throughout the years. I'll start off with one of mine. Um, one of my favorite mechanics. Um, everybody knows him. I'd say he's probably the the most prolific mechanic in the Gundam universe. Um, Astonage Meadows. Although he was talented, every time I saw him, he'd always remind me of um, Norville Shaggy Rogers from the um, Scooby Doo series. <laughs> kind of unkempt. Sh- um, needed a sh- needed a shave um, with that with that beard would never grow in. But um, he always because he was a dirty bachelor. That's right. <laughs> Wearing those goofy co- coveralls. It was, it was quite filthy, but quite talented. And um, he always kept the quite argument. unlucky though. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, lucky to a degree. Yeah. yeah. He, he was he was almost going to be the bright of mechanics, but then um, he he made it all the way through Zeta Gundam, and then um, later Zeta. on Double Zeta. Then finally his uh, his swan song was in um, Shars Counterattack, where uh, he finally found happiness with a with a beautiful mech pilot. Her name was Kyra, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Kyra. Ka- Kyra and um, blonde, talented at piloting, but he made not the, ta- talented not enough. talented enough. Oh, not <laughs> But he made the fatal mistake of um, promising her, her her favorite meal before um, she took uh, while she was out piloting, and she promptly died. And upon her death, he was in so much grief that um, he accidentally got um, jettisoned out of the Argama's uh, uh, hangar. No, he bag. got hit by it. I watched. He, there was an explosion. He got hit by shrapnel yeah. and sent out into space. Yeah. Oh, and didn't, yeah. he, didn't his body was get shot like a, by a stray laser? Yeah, it was like a stray <laughs> beam shot that blew up something and just like just threw him out the air. And then Hathaway watched as pieces of Astonage just kind of floated by. What's wild is when I first watched that movie, I never noticed that. I completely missed that. I don't know how, but I completely missed that. And then the sec- upon second viewing, it's like I, I watched it in horror. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. Well, <laughs> because I guess before we go into some of the other mechanics, what makes this guy so interesting is in the Gundam universe is of the people that usually live, it's the mechanics. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the the mechanics make it, and you know, usually along with best. a lot of the bridge crew and, and the captains, for the most part, usually the pilots that don't make it out of these things. But man, um, yeah, that was that was kind of interesting. But um, I'd have to say one of my, you know, another great is who I like to call the MacGyver. Of uh, the Gundam mechanics yeah. kid from Gundam X, because I, I think we stated before, here's a guy that what he completely overhauled uh, one machine into an upgraded machine in like a night. <laughs> yes, and and keeps himself awake by stabbing himself in the leg with a screwdriver using yeah. using a bunch of junk that they would uh, salvage off the um, you know like the wrecked cities and wrecked uh, you know ships that were throughout the Earth. 
because they had like that one big part of the freedom where it was just like a bunch of a bunch of like here's a battleship cannon oh this is like uh, a shield generator for a power plant and he macgyvered one of the best gundam upgrades ever because uh <laughs> yeah i know in, in pretty much every sense the divider was better than the original oh god yeah i mean if you look at the original x it was outside of the satellite cannon it was pretty standard fare for um you know yeah, it for didn't really a suit. Do anything. just yeah. had a beam rifle and a beam saber and vulcans nothing nothing fancy then he gave it, you know, the fancy harmonica cannon that was also like a shield and mm-hmm. like a booster unit, and it was just awesome. Yeah, and of course, because it was so awesome, it had to go to the most awesome pilot there was, Jamil. Jamil, neat. So, you know, after it was broken in by Gar- Garrett for a little bit there, but uh... <laughs> broken in. <laughs> well, Jamil, after what? How many year absence from being a pilot in a suit? Yeah, <laughs> man couldn't even uh, man couldn't even get near a cockpit without getting in cold sweats. And then uh, you know, next thing you know, he's 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 back in the thing. But With, um, without kid, the transition wouldn't have been nearly as smooth. Way to go, kid! Way to go! And it, it is amazing because you know, not only did he MacGyver, but he did what usually takes like Anaheim Electronics like half a show to do. <laughs> he did it in you know basically a, a five minute snippet in a, in an episode. So he also MacGyvered in pretty short order later, much later on in the show, the uh, the upgrades for Leopard and, and Air, uh, Air Master. Master. Oh yeah. They did all that stuff, and wasn't he? Um, didn't he mess with the uh, the G Falcon too? Yeah, he did against against uh, Paula's permission, and she was chasing around like, "Don't upgrade my stuff without permission." Yeah, because <laughs> and because th- there had to be a standing rule after him pretty much upgrading the divider, he wanted to upgrade everything, and it was like this kind of rule. And you know, he would always. I remember a couple times he asked Jamil to upgrade some stuff, and Jamil's like, "No, just just hold off." <laughs> That, that dude was a pimp my ride uh, enthusiast, man. <laughs> and what was great about him is he had those two assistants, and those two assistants were like had like undying devotion to him because <laughs> they about they about kicked uh, Garrett's ass in the beginning when he like disrespected him. He's a total fine man. Chris, what what, what other mechanic do you have there? Well, we we have we have to mention uh, the hottest Gundam mechanic of all, Rain Mikamura. Oh, I thought yes. you were gonna say Nina Purpleton. Oh. You know what? Nina Purpleton can go. <laughs> Do something that I can't say on this wholesome podcast. <laughs> Go right off in the sunset with Moncha. She should have. In, in, into the barrel of uh, the Grips laser. Yes. <laughs> well, one can only hope there'd be that kind of poetic justice. But uh, you, you have Rain, who is um, like a uh, tactical analyst. Yeah, I doctor, know. Doctor, mechanic. Yep. Psychologist. Psychologist. Everything that every other team has in multiple people, mm-hmm. she just combines into one. She's the perfect woman. Yeah. Except for when she's inside the Devil Gundam and wants to destroy everything. Oh, but, yeah. We'll, hey, let, we'll let her slide. Everyone everyone has um, you know, some days where they're not on their best games. So. And and in perfect male fashion, um, Domo does what all of us do. We don't realize what we have till we lose it. Until so. it's <laughs> well, he's also ridiculously dense and blockheaded compared to the average person. So. That is true. True. That is true. You know, he's just like he—he's so dense that not only does he not get her having the hots for him, he doesn't even see Alan be having the hots for him. Wow. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It's like, man, this sucker's in the middle of a love triangle. He doesn't even realize it because he can only communicate with his fists. Now, no, no one he turned gold, man. He was that dense. <laughs> man, he, he, he was very unlike Jibbity. Oh man, Chibody, Speaking of which, his his he had the team of hot chicks. They get honorable mention. Yeah. They do. 
Along with that butler that George had. I mean, I mean, Rain did the work of four women, but you know she. But I she never did props. it in a but bunny suit. But she's all the women you'll ever need. Damn right. But she never did it like in those bunny suit tuxedos that those girls wear. Jiminy had it going on. Go America. I'm convinced. I'm convinced that um, at the end of the series, when you see him like flying off in the four, they were in the cockpit of Maxter with them. They all had a good time in there. Oh, <laughs> hey man. I am the champion. He's, he's, he's the American dream, including like American excess of like rock star sex and orgies and pretty much booze and drugs and you know like, you know he was hitting that. So what 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 what's that say about George going off with his uh, his butler? Well, at least he had uh, Mary. Louise well, he had, he had Maria Louise in the cockpit too, That's but true. then it's like the butler was kind of there, like being all voyeuristic, like oh, yeah. what's up? too old. <laughs> Too old. I know you're. I know you're the voter butler, but uh, sometimes uh, it's a little too much. And then Argo had uh, what was it? The dominatrix there, you know, Stasia, her her captain. <laughs> hey, she lightened up. She did. She did. You know. You know. She wants some of that space pirate yeah. booty. Who wouldn't booty booty? So I guess that would be enough of uh, G Gundam. Oh. So uh, you know, we've already hit up some of the alternate universes. How about the most laid back hipster of them all, Howard yes. from uh, Gundam Wing? <laughs> The new age mechanic, Mister uh, Mister Permanent Vacation. <laughs> hey a- duo, what you got there? Hey, a, bro- dude. a broken Gundam. I'm gonna fix up your Gundam, man. I got this spliff here. I'm just smoking, man. It's great, dude. I'll get your Gundam in a while, man. And you, you know, you know, the, the thing that always uh, made me wonder about Howard was the fact that he did all that work, but it never looked like they paid him for anything. So it's <laughs> they they paid him in Hawaiian they paid him in Hawaiian blue <laughs> <laughs> Hawaiian blue or <laughs> some Manitoba for your trouble and that's that's why that's why he wore that Hawaiian shirt <laughs> <laughs> representing representing Howard seemed to me like um like an older version of Matthew McConaughey who learned to keep his shirt on <laughs> no, and you, his pants too and his pants on you know who you know who he reminded me of though too if if you ever watch like. Uh, like drag racing, they'll show like these oh, those older guys that you know like started up with drag racing. They're all calling those those hipsters like that. Yeah, same thing. He always reminds me of like an old like uh, guy that used to do drag racing in like the sixties and seventies. <laughs> he kind of he kind of makes me think of like a stoned Doc Brown. Yeah, there you go, there you go. That, is, sto- that that's a perfect analogy, right? A stoned, there. Uh, less a- uh, ADD Doc Brown. Yes, Howard, the stoner mechanic. <laughs> What's that smoking under the hood? Oh, is it the Gundam? No, it's it's Howard. He's hot boxing inside the cockpit. <laughs> he certainly is. <laughs> I haven't heard hot boxing in so long. <laughs> oh God, what have we train wrecked ourselves into? Oh, kids, kids, please ignore that. Yeah. <laughs> or look up hot boxing on Urban Dictionary if you want to find out more. There you or go. There you're go. probably doing that as you listen to this. <laughs> or you're maybe you're hot boxing as you're listening. That too. Excellent. Podcast. But. Well, Howard is definitely a legend in his own time. I guess oh, the what? subscript with that would be the uh, the other five professors. Yeah, the mad scientists. But they they were more professors, so you can't really call them mechanics. So yeah, they, they they fall in that super robot. They cliche. weren't nearly as cool. Maybe yeah. Doctor J. Maybe Doctor J. Which that was heroes. Yeah, that, no, I think that was uh, duos. Doctor, I think Doctor J was. I like the guy. Doctor J was heroes. Yeah, Doctor really? J was heroes. Yeah, with he's the, the one with, with the, the claw robotic, hand. Yeah, with the yeah. claw hand. I, I always like the, the guy that wore the fake nose. <laughs> That was that was duos, right? That was duos, yeah. Oh, okay. Duos, yeah. With the I think with that was Doctor S. I don't remember. I can't. I, I can't tell any of those guys apart. They're doctors. You can't. Uh, <laughs> with a alphabet. K. Yeah. And C. Uh, how about we mention a guy who has to pull up with a lot of crap, but never gets any love? 
Kojiro Murdoch from Seed and Destiny. I was just about to ask about the, him. The the grumpiest the grumpiest mechanic on earth. There you go, Menda. Understandably, why? I mean, <laughs> look at the ship that you're on with all these punk kids, especially Kira Yamato. Actually, oh the God. only kid that he got along with was Marielia. That's true. Remember, they used to like they would do like joke around with each other. Because that's because he was a secret pedal bear. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, you'd have he to was, do. He was the Lou Grant of mechanics. It's like, Mirella, you got spunk. You, you know, I hate spunk. <laughs> and I think one of his best moments was when, uh, one of my favorite moments of him was when uh, when Cy Argyle pathetically tried to use the strike Gundam. <laughs> He's got it down on its knees and Murdoch's like, the heck is this moron doing? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he was the audience at that point. Why is, this, why is this dumb little whiny bitch making more work for me? Oh, Cy. Sorry, don't worry, man. You really had to feel for Murdoch too, because he pro- it probably at the beginning looked all right because he knew, you know, Moo was kind of a laid back dude. He didn't really ask for much, but then you gotta like peel Kira out of the strike because he's crying. Probably had to clean off tears off the view screen so much and well, off he, all the dials. He respected Moo because Moo gave him the least amount of work to do. Yeah, that too. And then and then all of a sudden Kigali's wrecking the Sky Grasper every. Uh... She gave him the most amount of work to do. <laughs> Every, every other episode, she's getting shot down in the sky gasper. <laughs> hey, in her defense, she actually started out just fine in the sky gasper, and then when the plot demanded it, yeah. she became sucky the, because she had to get stranded on the island to meet Atherin and fall in love with him. I forget what uh, internet site it was, but it was when the, it was pretty much when that show was going on somebody said because hers was sky grasper number two they said it was like the most unlucky vehicle ever in gundam because it, it wouldn't get put out of its misery it would just keep uh, <laughs> like until atherin put it out of its misery that's true in a spine tingling way or you might say in a head shattering way <laughs> <laughs> heads up toll oh <laughs> oh oh so uh one of my my more favorite uh, recent mechanics is the lovably rascal himself Ian Vashti from Double O. Yes. He's kind of in that Murdoch kind of clone where the, these are the guys that are visibly like older, like even like close to. I think Vian was like what, middle aged almost? Yeah. Pretty and much. And he's a dirty pervert too. And he was a dirty, yeah, he was a dirty he's pervert. Got, he's got a really hot young wife and um, teenage daughter. Little cute daughter. And you see like uh, Moy daughter. Yep. And I recall from this early episode in season one where they're all on a boat and Sumeragi's just laying out there in a little tiny uh, swimsuit and he keeps trying to like, like get a look at the goods. But Alleluia keeps cock blocking him. Yeah. Uh. You just see him in the background. They're talking about like the mission plan for which intervention they're going to do, and Ian's just trying to get a look at them boobies right there. Yeah. And Alleluia you- keeps blocking him. Like, dude, Alleluia, what, what are you doing, man? Which, which, which makes it funny the fact that you'd have to try to take a look at it because she never wore anything. So it's like it wasn't one of these things like you were trying to see what was under the hood. You know, yes, but when 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 yeah. you're a pervert, oh yeah, even when they hardly wear anything, you still always want to see more. Well, like it, for example, uh, the uh, the beach scene in Gurren Lagann, where <laughs> all of the dudes were commenting about how Yoko already wears so little. What could she possibly wear as a bikini? And then they're so disappointed when they see her actually wearing more. Yeah, you know, you know, Alleluia was trying to test him. He was trying to make him use his peripherals. <laughs> Yeah, but he 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 was he was he was a great guy because he you know he he took he took grumpiness to the uh, the next level because he he was, he was pretty grumpy himself even though 
why you'd be grumpy after we said all the all the good thing all the positives he had in it but you know that the Ptolemaeus and uh you know the standout scene is when he got hurt and then he wakes up and there's a big hole in the side of the Ptolemaeus and, and there's just like a like a mountain range outside where there should be a wall he's yeah. like what the hell's going on here and no, and no one listened to him Setsuna you know don't don't try don't turn on Trans Am with the twin drive okay i'll do it out of the launch bay <laughs> You can blow up. You, you can blow up the double O. Okay, I'll do it while I'm still inside the ship. You could, you, you could, you could like shatter time space by doing this, and uh, you know I'll just do it in the launch bay. He, he was like the Egon of um of, of mechanics, man. Don't cross don't, the streams. Don't cross the streams. Yeah. <laughs> or or Doc Brown, don't don't let the Jennifers meet. Yeah. <laughs> could create a, a space time paradox. <laughs> and then, hey, Setsuna learned his lesson because you know when he kept transaming. And then the freaking thing broke down in the middle of the ocean. Ian's like, hey, what'd I tell you, punk? <laughs> not tell you about the Trans Am. It'll get you, you killed. Listen. It's not finished. Oh, Ian. <laughs> Many props to him. Should we also mention some of the uh, the lesser-known Gundam mechanics that we haven't was, covered? Well, you got the, the, I was what is a, it, the, the split pilot mechanic, Karen, from 08th MS team. There you go. The firebrand herself, She was kind of like the proto-rain, it looked like. Cause she, she was not only mechanics from... She also how, didn't, how is she the proto-rain if G-Gundam was first? Oh, that's oh. right, it was. I'm sorry. Well, she Couldn't was... Ill-informed Neo, as always. Yeah. Not only could she work on mechs, but she could fix people up, too. She was yeah. a nurse at one time. So she had, you know, she was she was great with people and mechs. She just was, was hard-edged, man. But um, I like Karen. She she uh, she was a very unconventional character. I mean, usually don't see female mechanics besides Rain. And the fact that she you know had that tragic past too was um, added to her 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 character depth too. But um, plus she could literally kick your ass. Yeah, she was. Yeah. She was the Amazon too, man. Awesome. <laughs> Yeah, because aren't you introduced? She's in a fight. Like yep. when you get introduced to her, she's like fighting or throwing somebody. Yeah, she was. She was. She was giving somebody hell. She gave every her, every one of her commanders hell because she always thought that they weren't worth a damn. They yeah. thought you know they were like just educated dumbasses. And then and, and then Shiro became worth a damn, and then yep. he didn't become more. He was worth the damn at the end. Proved he had balls, <laughs> <laughs> and probably lost them. But you know. <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> but wait a minute. Um, it might, have, might have not just been his leg that he lost. Oh, oh. damn, damn, Shiro! It's like that. <laughs> exactly. What? Um, do you think she ended up with um, TS at the end? I don't know. Let me watch the last episode. Man, would have would have been nice to know if you know, the last <laughs> episode actually focused on all of the characters rather than this sort of like weirdo sort of like wannabe apocalypse now finding somebody in the jungle and instead find a bunch of new type kids story that has nothing to do with anything but yeah. hey that's what we got so we'll never know what happened to any of those people Who yeah, are you, we to you, you have a, you have one full episode to show like the immediate aftermath of the one year war something that's never really been shown ever and uh yeah you, you Somebody must have rented Apocalypse Now, the Redux, that, that weekend when they were writing that episode. And then you got, uh, what was it, the... Uh, Omer Fang, man. Yeah, Omer. Omer Fang, man. The, the guy that likes to bring a gun to a knife fight by... Uh, or in this case, a, a bazooka to a locked door. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we want the prisoner alive. Okay. Boom. That, that scene is still fresh like, in my mind. It's like, I, did I overdo it? <laughs> Well, the look he gives to Sailor, she's just like, I was well, okay. I, I was wondering what Sailor was doing. You can imagine she was saying, Omer, what the? <laughs> <laughs> right before he shot it. <laughs> you d- all, all you need to do is just shoot the lock. It's like, dude. 
you probably killed him and he and she and she was probably right he's like that uh he's like the uh the home improvement guy that that from that show the home the guy oh al borland like, no he's always like more like power Tim allen like Tim like allen yeah more power more power <laughs> <laughs> I did like the episode where um, Amaro had to remove the um, the explosives from the suit, and he was just telling it's like Amaro, we need to get the hell out of here because <laughs> we ain't doing this. <laughs> we're, not, we're not paid enough there's for this n- stuff. There's no way you're gonna get these off in time. It's anyway. bad enough I've been fixing a prototype suit with children. <laughs> I was like, it's a total loss, man. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. You know that episode. No matter how much I think about it, makes absolutely no sense to me. And the funny thing about it is, mm. I like the episode. I, I love that episode. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm like strangely drawn to it, but it made no sense. It's a standalone. I just don't get like you know these Zeon guys who want to blow up the Gundam so they can get the hell out of this backwater they're in. They're sitting there from like watching from a from from a reasonable distance. Like if they wanted to like really blow up the Gundam since you know their bombs were discovered, why not just snipe one of the explosives to set them all off? Or 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 let's even get this: half the White Beast crew came out to help. No. If you just <laughs> snipe them all, just <laughs> snipe them all, and then there's the ship. Here Is you go. Is it the captain? Get him! <laughs> <laughs> and but then the last thirty years of anime history in Japan would have been very different. Yeah, so. there would be no sixty foot Gundam in the in Tokyo Harbor. We 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 would not be called Gundam. We would be called Miss Macross. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> they could have they called in backup, man. The white base was sat down in the middle of a field waiting to just be jumped, man. Dang. dang. Oh, and then you have, um, I, I guess I'm the only person that has a descendant in the, that became a mechanic, uh, Vino Dupree from Destiny, the little mechanic kid that was like completely annoying. So who, who got like two seconds of screen time in the first episode and then was like pretty much completely ignored for the rest of the show. <laughs> Even though they kept wrecking those suits all the time. <laughs> it's like... Especially Luna Maria. Oh. So that was a kid with the two-tone hair. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. The wannabe kid. He was. It, to be honest with you, he didn't seem that annoying. But it was like, you know, not as annoying as some of those other kids. But I'm just like, you think with a mechanic, especially with a person like a pilot like Luna Maria on the uh, on the ship, destroying stuff when she launching out of the bay. You know, she like takes out an arm. What would be some other ones that we uh, have Who? we missed, or some other minor ones? Wasn't there Soshi's father in um, in Turn A Gundam? Oh. He was the mechanic of the crappy old World War One era stuff. Ah, uh, who who's the oh, mechanic on board? Oh, Meshi. It was Meshi's. Not Meshi, Soshi's. yeah, Meshi's father. Sorry, yeah, that, you're right. Um, he, I guess he was the mechanic. Soshi's dad there. was Warm Food. Yeah, yeah that's yes, right. he was. He, he did die quick. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> well, that guy was just that that professor guy. He just was the guy they just kept finding everything. Who was the mechanic? Well, they the, had to have somebody. That's right. Everything was nanotechnology, so it didn't have to like. Remember how like everything just kind of regenerated? Yeah. Remember the mustache got hurt and for three episodes, and it finally regenerated. It grew back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that the that best was, of razors can't keep that mustache down. And it's funny. I guess we were talking beforehand that um, really Gundam, you know, was kind of the first one to really bring the mechanic into kind of prominence or like kind of a, a supporting character because. We were thinking of other shows like Macross, and it's like you never really see those. You know, you just see them in the background. They don't really play any any role of anything. And yeah. the um, there's the guy in Macross Plus whose name escapes me right now. And then in all the super robots, they're all like professors. So if you have a PhD, you can't really be an engineer. Yeah. So. Anybody, anybody have any honorable mentions from any any other shows that you can think of? Just real quick. Hmm. That mechanic chick from Gurren Lagann who always had a whole bunch of crap to fix. Yeah. The, yeah. The wife of uh, Cotton Hill. <laughs> I forgot her name, too. 
I have a favorite of mine, Mackie String- Stingray from Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah. He's the younger brother of um, Celia Stingray. And um, there's Norman from the Big O. There is... Uh, I had a whole slew of them. Now I can't think of one. The Pedo Bear from uh, Nadesco. Yeah, the Pedo Bear from... <laughs> there's him and... Um, other than that, Chris, any 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 other ones come to mind for you? Uh, not right now. Well then, well then, if anything, um, any 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 last words to to to, to give for Astonage at all? The Never offer food during a battle. Damn right. I hope I hope that pasta was worth it. I, I want to know if that pasta involved pineapples. Ooh, <laughs> a nice pineapple sauce. It probably did from Del Monte. <laughs> Well, if, if anything, um, that was a taste of our uh, favorite mechanics uh, throughout the history of Gundam. And we'll be back in just a few minutes with more Gundam at MAHQ. <laughs> Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough, but your uncle wouldn't allow it. He feared you might follow old Obi-Wan on some damn fool idealistic crusade like your father did. Hey everybody, welcome back to Gundam at MAHQ. This is Chris, and uh, we're going to be talking this segment about one of our favorite subjects, death, which is such an uplifting and wonderful subject. Wouldn't you gentlemen agree? Yeah, yeah so, seems appropriate week. in the week that we're recording this. Yeah, especially this week. <laughs> <laughs> With death, because uh, this is the week of uh, many O uh, celebrities taking, uh, taking one for the team. Wow. It's like uh, it's like Yoshi- Yoshiyuki Tamino got loose in Hollywood somewhere. With he he got a copy of the Death Note. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Tamino is Light Yagami, Howard or Kira Stern. is Tamino. Howard Stern must be making a killing this week <laughs> with his death pool. Oh, that's a bad joke. All right. Anyway, no pun intended. Killing in a in a slightly less tactless note. Yes. What we're going to be discussing today is some of the extremes in uh, deaths in mecha anime. We're going to uh, discuss some deaths that we find amusing and <laughs> some deaths that we find horrifying. Wow. Um, so I'll kick it to you guys first. I'll punt it over to you, uh, Paul. Sure. Why don't you uh, regale upon us first your most amusing death in any mecha? And then uh, your most horrifying. Well, I would say the most obvious one that I've said before. But I'm not going to say it, because I'm going to allow Chris probably to say it, because I know that he likes to take as much joy in it as myself. But I also have another death that I, that I truly, truly enjoy. And it's one of these things where you're in a part of the show where it's very, very cruel and people are getting murked left and right. But then a beam of hope comes, and you start laughing up and down. And that's when, when Kotz thought you could phase through uh, asteroids. Because that was the funniest. Because here this little punk is. You had to deal with, I don't know how many episodes of, I know what I'm doing, and why should we trust Zeon? Blah, 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 blah. And then what does he do? He uh, forms up with the Gundam making the Super Gundam. And, and everybody's like, yo, you're in a little uh, a little shuttle flyer with like little pea shooters. You need to get back to the argument. No, I can still fight. Yeah, meet Yazan Gable. <laughs> and then he gets rocked. And then he gets rocked. <laughs> 
<laughs> it gets rocked. And it makes me laugh not only because he was to I me. I want to rock. <laughs> yeah. Rock. Cha, cha, rock. Cha. I want to rock. But um, not only for the fact that he's one of my most hated, hated characters of all of anime. Like, I just despise everything about him. And, <laughs> and, and that's not only in the English version of him, but he's even as annoying, a little bit more annoying in Japanese. In Japanese. <laughs> yeah, that would be my funny one there. So I guess you guys would agree by the, the, the cuckles we heard in the background. The, the <laughs> <So> rock is <laughs> laughter. <laughs> Sarah. Ooh. I'll be there soon. Boom. Man, oh man. Uh, I'll be waiting for you, you horrible bitch, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't Even hate... though you betrayed me. <laughs> yeah. I didn't hate Kotz nearly as bad as uh, Neo did because oh. I, I still have a fondness for him from the original Gundam. But he, he had it coming. Dude, he, he had destroyed. it coming. I will not deny that. No, I'll be honest. Yeah. He destroyed all of the the all the, the all lovability the, that you had. All the kudos the, he the, built. The, kid, the mischievous kid thing oh. from the first show the by just teeth. being such a schmuck. I mean, he was such a <laughs> schmuck. Not only was he a schmuck, he thought he was the main character. Yeah. He thought he was the main character and lacked main character armor. Yeah. <laughs> that was his fatal mistake. And, and, and the bigger problem is, is the, the argument crew enabled it. Like, they were harsher on everyone else. Except for this dumbass. I mean, he's this is a guy that like almost drowned the the uh, Mark II. Hey, you know what? In San Francisco Bay, it's it like just, it just, and and screwed up the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, <laughs> it just goes to show. Even though nobody lived there. Yeah, it just goes to show that Kika and Let's were the geniuses of the pe- of the, yeah. of the, tri- of the trilogy. <laughs> the, I'm sorry, the trio. And it, they, it, they had the, they had the sense to stay behind. It's like you know what? We're gonna stay in Japan with Frau Bow. We'll see you later. We'll see you later, guys. And, 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 sh- and it shows how annoying he must have been because Frau Bow really didn't put up too much of a fight to let him go. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> we'll see you at the wake. <laughs> or maybe she thought, hey. I already got one bun in the oven. If this guy goes and gets himself killed, yeah. he'll be easily replaced. A fresh replacement. <laughs> easily trained. But um, enough of cots. So, oh, man. Uh, soul bro. I Boy. have one, and it's from the same show. <laughs> it's, a, it's a death I treasure. Like, he, like, like, like Neo treasures Kotz's death. Um, I've got to, I got to throw my man Jared Mess's death into the mix. <laughs> it's a death I treasure always. Um, the fact that he died in the explosion of what the radish? Yeah, it's like I, I felt bad yes. that, that 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 um that the radish got blown that up. That the radish more. got blown up, and <laughs> and my man Hinken, he he had to he went down with the ship, but the fact that they took Jared with them made that explosion worth every cent. <laughs> what I just love is that that Jared's like he gets tossed in an explosion. He's like telling to Camille, "If it wasn't for you, I would have." <laughs> yeah. That prick. I was so glad to see him go. Granted, you knew it was going to happen, but man, in that fashion, it a was bitch just... death for a little bitch. That dude pinballed off the ship. Because <laughs> to be honest, he dodged it so much yeah. throughout the show. You saw people get killed for for less. Yeah, it, eventually, it, your luck runs out. Oh, God. Yeah, it, it does. In, in time. And it, he could have, like I said, he could have backed out any time of that war. And he didn't. He's that obsessed bastard. But um, that's mine. That's mine. Well, he's up Jared there with uh, with Capricorn, another bitch death. Oh yes, in, in that show. Oh Capricorn. So. <laughs> but, but Chris, um, Chris, far away. Okay, so for most amusing death recently, you know, as, and as much as I trash this show, you just cannot top the pure comedy value of Unaroma Saren <laughs> from Sea Destiny. It is funny. And it's and it's not just the death; it's the events leading up to the death. Oh, where where uh, Kagali busts in with the Akatsuki, and and he's like, "Oh my honey, 
And and she's like, hey, do you acknowledge that I'm the real Kagali from the ruling family? He's like, yeah, of course. I know it's you, my honey. You've come to rescue me. And she's like, okay, the nearest person, restrain him and take him under arrest for treason. <laughs> I love how some guy takes restrain, as in run up, and punch him right in the face. And I, I love how, like, someone becomes, like, 14 guys that dogpile him. Yeah. <laughs> and then even she roughs him up. Yeah. And then when he runs away after that. Running like a girl. Running like a little bitch, handcuffed. <laughs> and he runs away. And a freaking goof ignited, that is literally ignited, <laughs> crashes onto him and explodes. Yeah. And pancake. That was one of the funniest deaths for one of, probably one of the most annoying, up there with Akats and the annals of just stupid, ridiculous characters that we had to be exposed to more than one episode. That was a Looney Tunes death, man. Oh, you know, as much fun- as I hated the show by that point, because I hated the show by that point, it's like, I just want to see how, how this... You know, number one, I have to review it so I have no choice. But number two, I just want to see how much worse it can get by the end. <laughs> for for that one minute, those two scenes were like a shining moment in, in an otherwise like other pile of garbage. It almost well, redeemed the series. Uh, I'll, um, no, no, no. I'll, I'll um, I'll uh, I'll, I'll one up you on there. Not really one up you, but I, I thought another. If you're gonna talk in that show, I thought was funny. I could not stop laughing when Shin gave the funeral to Stella. I. <laughs> I could not stop laughing about that stuff. Maybe she wasn't dead, but the whole Final Fantasy crap, and I'm just like, what? I was laughing. I'm like, what is this? You know, it'd be funny if she wasn't dead, and then, like, as she's sinking into the lake, she's like, (laughs) Stella can't swim! And she's just walking away being emo. She's like, Oh, that was just so much hilarious. Make a four, so much to make a four combo of that. Because you got to a point, you're just like, yeah, because that is when the, the show just went, just dra- that's when it really went down for me was Damn. after that. And I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, you know, we're going to, we're going to borrow some things from other shows and stuff, but now we're ripping off video games to try to elicit emotions that just aren't there except <laughs> laughter. In all fairness, and I, God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Uh, in all fairness, uh, Destiny wasn't the first to rip that off because uh, yeah. Wolf's Reign also did, uh, in oh. the end... Yeah, they did. Yeah, I Final remember. Fantasy Burial. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Man, I, I, I haven't watched up to that point, but... Um, that, that, Wolf's Reign was a little disappointing you, to me at the end. Wow. <laughs> I can't believe I said in all fairness and Destiny in the same sentence. <laughs> What is wrong with me? Oh, man, you're off your game today. Well, it's it's. I I thought you were. You know, I'm definitely not on my A game. Yeah, well, I need I, I need to I need to uh, strength train in hatred with Austin. It's because you're a bitch of uh, Sunrise, so you know you have to say yes, that's right. Everything they do. I am a dog of Sunrise. Train we all those, are. You need to. You Always need licking to, their heels. You need to spend time underneath those waterfalls of hate. That's right. Meditate with Graham. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Silbro, another funny death of yours. Oh man, it's it's it's, it's not my turn yet, is yeah, it? Go it ahead. Is? Um, well then, wait. It's your it's your turn, Paul, because we started with you. Oh, I did one. I did mine, Cots. And, and then you did yours, and then I interjected with another Stella. one with the Stella thing. So it's back to it's back to Solbro. Yeah. Well, well, damn, damn. And I guess it'll come back to me, and then then to you. <laughs> so we're dealing with funny deaths. Uh, um, gosh. Uh, funny like haha. Funny. <laughs> Gosh, I'm trying to like think they of amuse you. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm already thinking of uh, another kind of death, but it's not funny. Wait, um, Solbro, didn't you just say Jared? I did say Jared, yes. Okay, so we already went the whole round, so it is back to you, Paul. Oh, okay. Well, 
another funny death, and I, I still I still laugh at it. it. It's it's Gundam is that low rent burn burnings Chronicle Asher. <laughs> Because he's so sorry and so ridiculous that he gets knocked out of the mobile suit. And then conks his head on Angel Halo, and the camera keeps going after you hear the clonk. Yeah, and it's almost like the suit had a mind of its own. It's like, you know, if I'm going to get blown up, I don't want this loser, you know, to get spread inside of me. I'd rather have somebody braver, so I'm just going to, like, malfunction. Because that guy sucked. And it was just just funny that he he got, um, you know, killed looking at his sister, which is kind of weird too because it was like you know that was a weird kind of incest motif it looked like almost i don't know that whole thing hey man incest is best put your sister to the test yeah that and she she was hot she, she was a queen yeah but that whole thing was just yeesh. i don't know i'd stay in the family for that one if you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> terrible yeah well um i i think i have my funny death now what would that be? Granted, when I saw it as a child, it wasn't nearly as funny as I see it now. I, I don't remember his Japanese name, but um, I'm sorry, Chris. Forgive me. You can correct me when I say it. When I watched Robotech as a child, Ben Dixon's death. Oh, Kakazaki. Kakazaki. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Even funnier. <laughs> let's, go with, you- let's go with Throttle Up. I can't. <laughs> Even even funnier. It's not as funny in a TV show as it is in Do You Remember Love. Oh, yeah, it's because hilarious. Of- hey, Hikaru, what's up for you? <laughs> Y'all scared now because you're in love? Blah! Homie is on, on Hikaru's um, display. You see Max on one side. You see um, Kakazaki on the other. Yeah. And he's just on there talking crap about, you know, um, about Min-Mei Hikaru being with Minmay and, you know, just, just not minding his own business. And next thing you know, a stray laser just blows him up. It's funny because you can see his his display as he becomes see his face disintegrate. It disintegrates as he's exploding. As you see his jet ahead of ahead of Hikaru's exploding, and it's like, wow, wow, that was sudden. <laughs> it wasn't a dramatic moment. It wasn't a TV show. And as a kid, I looked at that in horror. But looking back on it now, it's funny. They it even make hilarious. fun. Of, they make fun of it in Macross Frontier. Yeah, a, a, indirectly. The, the, the Valkyrie pilot's curse. Yeah. Don't talk about love while out on the battlefield. <laughs> but that's 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 my second one right there. I don't know how I can follow that up because I actually was thinking of Kakazaki. Oh man, I'm sorry to take you. I'll just do the obvious one that I. Was gonna neglect that I neglected to say. I don't know. I thought Yuna was the obvious one. No, child plus bazooka equals oh. humor. <laughs> oh wait, um, <laughs> I, I'll, I'll just handle the 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 two variations of that. So we have child plus bullet casing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Knocks the down oh. and kills her, and she's like, eh, dead. And like uh, this chick from F ninety one, like grabs the baby and runs off with that. And then you have uh, the equally amusing child plus soldier from Macross. <laughs> My God! Where the child is like the the, the soldier is leaning down next to the child, and I think she's handing him a flower, and then they instantly get disintegrated. You see the the whole background. It's like a tidal wave of death. And, <laughs> and, and if I may lay out some hate at Robotech, not that I need much reason to. Ooh. One thing that annoys me about Robotech and about these English adaptations in general, like, mm-hmm. and I say adaptations versus translations, right? That they feel the need to have people talking all the time, and that God forbid there ever be a moment of silence where there's no music sound effects or people talking yeah because in the robotech version of that scene even though they're not talking in the japanese version in macross Mm -hmm. uh the soldier is saying to the little girl how old are you she's like two (laughs) boom (laughs) it's it's kind of like um with uh 
Voltron and um, with Sven, where in, in real in reality they're not talking, but somehow they're sitting there talking as you see the guy dead. Yeah, let's take him to the medical planet. <laughs> or, or in Robotech, uh, where you know the omnipresent narrator who's narrating so many things. It's like to the point like, and then Rick Hunter took a crap and ate a sandwich. <laughs> and then Mime showed up. And then there's Entrati. And it's like, the thing is, because those scenes weren't designed to have narration, mm-hmm. this guy is saying so much crap, there's a whole bunch of times that he has to speed up what he's saying to get his narration done before the scene transitions. That is, yeah. the, that is the God's honest truth. <laughs> oh, my God. Even I noticed that <laughs> as a child. Man, this is bad. Woo. So those, those, I think, are amusing. The uh, child plus bullet casing and uh, child plus soldier oh, well man. that and child pl- child uh, mother and child i was i was gonna say that for you one know, of I'll, mine is yeah. um mother and child which was horrifying at first but now we look we look forward to it well the the <laughs> by by the by the 67th time that you had to see the the poor mother and child and the and junior seven get sucked out yep. you know because yep. everybody's having the flashback even though nobody survived <laughs> they somehow even people people who weren't even there have the flashbacks of it yeah it's, it's, it's like it's like an official show christening the show the show hasn't popped off yet until you see mother and how, child like like in, in like in destiny when there's like flashbacks of nickel dying and people who are having the flashbacks people who never even knew him yep yeah <laughs> Like I said, the funniest is that montage of flashbacks that Atherin has towards the beginning of Destiny, and he actually sees Bajorul and Azrael get destroyed. And I'm like, he never ever met either one. I mean, he saw what Azrael was like on maybe the view screen, and maybe saw Bajorul on the view screen. But it's like, why would you even think about those people? Oh You'd have God. to ask for Kuda that. <laughs> You probably know. <laughs> everywhere, flashbacks everywhere. It's gonna be great. Oh my god! But <laughs> is is Fukuda Larry King? <laughs> flashbacks. Hello, hello, Osaka. Okay, so let's uh, we we can come back to some funny ones uh, towards the end if any pop up. But uh, why don't we uh, move things along to ones. horrifying deaths? And as a ground rule, which we had decided before for everyone to know, a day in is banned. Yeah. Oh. Because we could spend an hour. Talking about each and every death in that show. That that could actually be a uh, that could be a good damn special. Yeah. You guys actually talked about quite a bit about it in the Adeon segment when we actually when we actually we didn't even the show. we didn't even hit the reach the tip of the iceberg. We, we, we could have done so much more. So oh god, Adeon is banned. So uh, throw it to you first, uh, Adam. Uh, horrifying death. I oh, have. I, I, I know the one he's gonna say. My first one. There's actually two, but I'll get to my second one when we get to that. Um, I'll start with my first one. Um, which is shocking to anybody, and I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for anybody, but it happens earlier on in this series. Um, Martian successor to Desco, a character that you latch onto, dies in the. Dude, it's been 13 episode. years. Yeah, I it think I think it's okay to just can say it's Jiro Yamada. I, I'm going. I'm, I'm going. I was I was just getting to it. it Jiro yeah. Yamada, otherwise known as God Goji. It's not like and, Lelouch. And what what adds insult? <laughs> <laughs> it's not it, it, insult to injury. Later on in the show, when a guy that looks exactly like him dies the exact same way, it's 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 amazing. I mean, I, I love Nadesco for be- it's 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 terrible because the show does that does that trick of actually getting you to like this guy, and he's an otaku like you know most of the people watching the show, and then bam, he's taken out with. I mean, he survived like all sorts of stuff out in the battlefield, and then he gets back on the ship and he goes to the hangar to put some stickers on his on his unit, and next thing you know, he's shot. Cold, dead. It wasn't his unit. It was a space ganger. It was space ganger. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, um, my man, um, my man, uh, Guy Goji, rest in peace. 
Rest in peace. Or peace is. <laughs> but um, who's next? That would be you, Paul. I guess I'll go. Um, most horrifying death, I would have to probably say, to me, was when... It's actually deaths. It's those poor guys in seed that got microwaved. Like, Oh, yeah, that's pretty nasty. I mean, it, that was just... It, it wasn't just one character, but you're just seeing it's all... a whole bunch of them at the same time. You just hear, like, the... The popping. <laughs> And I, and I believe like, in the special screams. I believe in the special edition they add the popping sound effects in some of it and oh, it's man. like it was like um, I'm like oh my god cuz you're watching the show and it's like yeah there was some death in it but they they took it to a new it, that was something I was not expected to see there and it's just like it was bad guys and good guys at the same just getting 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 expl- like you know a, a potato exploding in the microwave man the the popping reminded me of that Maxwell's house um percolating commercial <laughs> Or those old, or, or those old uh, Pringles commercials. Once you pop, you can't Once stop. Once you pop, you can't stop. <laughs> Where your curly mustache at? <laughs> but yeah, that that would be mine. It, it it wasn't necessarily just one character, but just I mean, just the, and the 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 amount of detail that they did with those scenes was just oh. And they and they use it later on again when the um what the heck was that Genesis. Genesis pretty much just does the same thing, and mm-hmm. there, there's you know even just as bad when the what was it the Alliance base gets blown up, and oh. yeah, those guys get fried too. Yeah, that, that that would be mine. So I will go with one of the obvious ones that's been mentioned uh, quite a few times, I think, on this podcast. Uh, Mueller Miguel from Victory Gundam. Oh. oh my God! You know, you just gotta love the setup that Uso's mother is being held hostage yeah. by the Zanskare. Yeah. And um, there's a mobile suit that's holding her, and the pilot gets killed, but the mobile suit still has its grip on her, and yep. it's sitting on top of one of these wheeled battleships. And the second that a truce gets announced, like there's this crash, and the mobile suit gets knocked into the air, and then this other tired battleship runs over the mobile suit and runs her over and beheads her. Uh-huh. And you see the helmet flying off with a trail of blood coming after it. And then after this whole aftermath of the battle, uh, Uso runs over and everyone's holding this bloody helmet. Wow. And they're all looking inside of it, and then he looks inside of it, and uh, of course you never see anything, but that's the most screwed up part, because it's the things you don't see that are the worst, because your mind makes it worse than what would have been shown. It was like seven. Yeah. yeah. It was like the end of seven. On top of that, she she experienced the Rube Goldberg of death, machine of death. Yeah, I mean, it's just oh. so ridiculously and, convoluted and horrible, and, then, and you're just seeing that like, oh my god, and, and and you're seeing, and all of the kids start crying, and it's like, oh my god, what is this? What are you doing to me? And that's not even near like the bloodbath at the end of the show when everybody starts dropping like flies. It's like, man, yeah, dude, what is up with this guy? Well, I'll put an honorable mention on that is the, the strike team. Oh, yeah. But the worst one is the poor girl that ended up holding the mass driver. Oh. I was just going to say that. Yeah, it's like Damn. she's trying to hold up the mass driver, and this asshole flies up to her, and he's like, oh, that's so valiant of you. The suit can stay, but the pilot should die. Yeah. Boom, he just sticks it with a beam saber. It's like, dude. Wow. I and mean, then the worst part is the next episode when you see the suit still there. Yeah, yeah. That was insane. Exactly. I mean, 
And, I mean, all those girls got it bad, but oh, that one was probably the worst one. Well, hey, hold on a second. This is this is something that kind of irked me about it. Wasn't her body still intact? Didn't they have a funeral the very next episode? No, no, no. That was At one the of the other. At the beginning of the ad episode, they had had a funeral for someone else for the, else. For the Shrike who had died the previous episode. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Remember, there's and then there, she died. Yeah, there's a string of um, <laughs> there's a string of episodes where it's yeah, there was just like, like a string of like three Shrike deaths very early on in the show, like within the span of four episodes of when they first appeared. <laughs> I'm getting my horrible deaths mixed up. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, it's 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 understandable with that show. My heart my heart goes out to Junko as well. She had a hardcore death. <laughs> she 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 tried. <laughs> the lesson from her death is mm-hmm. don't try to de- don't try to defuse a bomb if you don't know what you're doing. Damn yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> All right, Solbro, another uh, horrifying death of yours. Well, um, you probably predicted this one, but uh, we talked about it last episode. Um, in Or Battler Dunbine, the death of Emily Luff where her own mother shoots her square in the forehead, splits a wig. I didn't see it coming. I knew that there was always tension between them, but I never thought it would get to those levels until it happened. And the fact is, you know, their difference of opinion just prompted her mother to grab that, that I don't know, a revolver and just bust a cap in her, in, 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 in her, in her, in her brain pan. And <laughs> as uh, it, was, it was shocking. It kicked off the deaths that, that closed that series out. And those, some of those are shocking as well, but that one still stands out in my mind as one of the one of the worst Tomino deaths, if not one of the worst deaths I've seen in anime, um, or I said tragic deaths I've seen in anime. <laughs> well, mine's a, another horrifying one to me. That's like a, kind of a recent one <laughs> is um, from Macross Frontier, and happens very early. Gilliam who gets turned into sauce. Oh, <laughs> Ooh. that one was bad because yeah, usually monsters they'll like maybe cut you in half or something like this, but when they pretty much puree you, he got, he got squeezed like a freaking uh, ketchup packet. Yeah, I mean it was just like it was horrendous of uh, what they did because it it really took the violence of what was thought at the time like a mindless alien to a, to a whole new level. Exactly. The thing is also the thing that detracts a bit from I mean that's a horrible death. But the thing is, you don't give a crap about the guy because he's on screen for like two minutes. Right. In that show, one that was pretty freaking messed up was Michael. Because yeah. he gets him, he gets him, like, right when he finally realizes that he loves, you know, Clan Clan, he, like, is fighting off all of these little monsters by himself. Yeah. All valiantly. He gets impaled by one through the back. Yeah. Still manages to kill it, but then it blows a hole in the side of the hall, and with this giant gaping hole in his gut, he gets blown out into space, completely exposed. Yeah, it's like Jesus Christ, Imp- man! Impaled and imploded, man. That and Jeez. that and the, the other it's one like that piling on the guy, man. The, that and the, the the other one in that show that got me, and it's not necessarily the way they were killed or the way he was killed, but the kind of maybe the aftermath. But when um, Kathy's father was killed down in the service tunnels with all his uh, guards. And they yeah. were just like it was like execute it was like mafia execution style. They're all just down style. like Al- South American Banana Republic style. Yeah, Al Capone style. Yeah, <laughs> it was. And, and I mean, I think what made it worse was, I mean, you know, her reaction. And it's it it was unlike an, a normal like you know my father's dead or he was shot, but it's like the brutality of being. Yeah, because they're just running along these like little like uh like it's like a uh, service tunnel. Mm-hmm. Service tunnel on these little like uh, like airport little speedy ramps. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you don't expect to see your father and a bunch of dudes lying in a massive pool of blood yeah yeah like swiss and cheese then, like swiss cheese and then there they are the yeah. horror of finding that is is i mean damn and, and then and then hearing the guy that you think is responsible saying oh yeah by the way the president's dead I, I, i'm in charge 
you know, who is your what fiance or something like that or ex fiance. Yes. So, yeah, that's uh, that that was that was a bad one for me. But Chris, uh, go ahead. Okay, I got one. This is this one's multiples. Ooh. Just the sheer scale of it. Um, the first, the entire first episode of SPT Lasner. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because to you know, in the setup of the situation, you know, it's set in an alternate future, 1996, where wow. the Soviet Union still exists, and America and the Soviet Union have colonized Mars, and they don't get along. Mm-hmm. So you get all these little kids who are part of the UN Cosmic Culture Club, mm-hmm. and they've just arrived by shuttle at uh, Mars for a field trip. Hell of a field trip. Yeah, right. For 1996, I didn't, I didn't have any field trips like that when. How, uh, so how- no sooner do they get there and they're all hanging out that these aliens with humanoid robots attack and start blowing everything up, and you have like teachers and students and people just getting massacred. Yeah. Like getting trapped under rubble or being sucked out and all this stuff, and. Ah, Japan. Uh, one of the one of like the the lead characters, a guy named David. He has this friend who is the uh, token black dude. Right. And um, they're standing there, like trying to like get to this bunker, and then there's like an explosion and the roof caves in, oh. and the token black dude is standing next to this guy David, and then one second later he's dead under a giant slab of concrete. Oh. Yeah. Which drives the guy crazy, like, no! I was standing one foot from him, it could have been me! Ah! Both of them. Yeah, Jeez. and then you just, like, by the end of the episode, like, you know, and there's this kind of, like, depressing music playing, and, like, when the smoke literally clears, and you just see the scale of the devastation yeah. caused by, like, two or three mecha, like, this entire base, and it's, you know, you know, UN people, so they're, you know, it's like peacekeeping types, yeah. all slaughtered, all of these students, all of these personnel, all dead like that in the span of like 10 minutes. Was he the only survivor? No, there were a couple of other survivors, but oh uh, god. Yeah, it's like almost the entire group that was on the field trip died except for the named characters. Yeah. Jeez. Yep. It's pretty brutal. I mean, it's it, it kind of brings up, I guess this is maybe sort of a thing in anime, the watch out if you blink the black guy will die. Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, where's Arthur? Arthur from F91. <laughs> oh, wow. And they make they make the whole thing with Arthur even worse because it's clearly shown his neck is broke, but they have to like uh, you know pick him up and try to get him going and stuff. That and Seabook shaking him like Arthur, Arthur, you're Arthur. Posthumously. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Well, I guess I would even do another horrifying death from F nine one is when the poor bugs were start started getting to all those people. Oh. <laughs> and they were just going after everyone. <laughs> they, they give a whole new connotation to slice and dice. Oh, was, uh, you thought that you, you thought that dude was doing that that infomercial with the chopper, dude? <laughs> the slap chop, slap chop. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's a bad taste. But Solbro, any other horrifying deaths? Uh, two honorable mentions. Speaking of Tomino, Angel Halo, clearly. Oh. Clearly, the reign of dead bodies oh, in Victory Gundam and the, in its in its finale is it still stands out. In yeah, but mind. Angel Halo wasn't killing people. It wasn't, but I mean the the, the it up- would have eventually, but it yeah. wasn't. It hadn't yeah. killed yet. But the death of all its human batteries, 
I, I, you know, when, when oh yeah, when all the of them getting like when, all the, the the glass containers exploding on people getting yep. sucked into space. Exactly, yeah. the bodies just starting to just—it was a rain of bodies. You would, I mean, you had have to watch Victory Gundam to see what I'm talking about. Which even some of the characters react like, "Oh my god!" They just see like all these screaming people getting sucked out into space. Like, damn, it is. Yeah. It, it, the loss of life is tragic, and one that's personally that still tugs at my heartstrings to this day. There's one particular episode of Outlaw Star. That I think is probably my my favorite episode, where Jim Hawking meets a girl oh. who is actually one of his enemies, <laughs> but he doesn't know it, and he has um they hit it off, and she's really there to do recon on them and to you know eventually take the outlaw star down, but she but she has a, a fr- she builds a friendship with Jim the Hawking. The girl with the talking cats. Yeah, and and she never really leads on, lets him know who she really is. I don't think and, they knew. No, they never did know. And yeah. that's the that's the what's really tragic about the episode is when she finally has to do her job, which is to take out the outlaw star. They defeat her and she dies. And Jim, who was supposed to have a date with her later on that evening, he goes to meet her at their yeah. special place, and she doesn't show up. And he's heartbroken. And Gene shows up, and you know he 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 gives him he gives him you know he tries to you know tell him yeah, you, they don't even you don't even hear them talking. Yeah. You just see him. He just takes him under his arm, and then they just Game walk of off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's to me. It's one of those episodes where the viewer gets to see everything, but the characters themselves don't get to know anything. Yeah, they 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 only see one part of and, the story. And and they owned her too. That was the oh, thing. It was like worked there. T- they they were, it wasn't one of those battles where it was like she had even had the upper hand. She freaking worked. They she got worked over. Yeah, and that one. Yeah, it, that was. Uh, it's, it's a great up, but it it really it really still messes with me. And I I, I have to I had to mention that. I'd have to say a horrifying death and. Uh, was uh, what's her uh, what the hell was her name Shoko and uh, Fafner if anybody's seen this thing where it's like you know you you gotta slow your roll because Chris hasn't seen it oh you haven't seen it (laughs) oh my god All all I will say on this and anybody's seen it is the fact that any this is when you really lost any respect for any pussy mecha pilot, pussy boy mecha pilot. Shouldn't you? Because here's you have a yeah, you have a girl that's basically sick, and she does something to save basically everybody. That and it's very early in the show too. It's like way early in the show, and you know she was just a really nice, sweet girl that was just sickly all the time. But she had the special gift. Yeah, you know they were still using her and. Man, it was kind of horrifying plus sad in the same way because I, you know, I was, won't I won't say them, but that show is full of tragic death too. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the other just, ones, the other ones, the the dude that was the boyfriend of Maya's sister you, that you, comes back. You, you just, you just oh need, my you god, need to stop talking. <laughs> yeah, that actually that shows that shows filled with a lot of horrifying deaths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it, I I equate it to um, it's really a war of the worlds. I, 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 it's got that kind of, that show's got that kind of horrible doom and gloom kind oh, of that, the, that the original novel of War of the Worlds had, I think. I mean, I think I that think, show. I think Tamino snuck in and helped uh, I, write some of those episodes because it was, whew. I think that show and Argento Soma both have that, yeah. that, that they, they both, those two shows deal with alien invasions and, and their deaths are, are nasty in the, both those shows. And, um, I'll just, I'll just stop right there. Anybody who wants to, Watch tragic stuff. Go watch those shows. They're they're entertaining. <laughs> it's tragic and entertaining. Oh, it's like Friday. tragically entertaining. Ooh. So uh, I'll throw out my last one. Horrifying, not so much 
to for you to watch, but kind of, but more horrifying for the character who has to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I watched it again recently, and it still gets me every time, even after all these years, in G Gundam when Domon has to kill oh, yeah. Kyoji and Schwartz. Yeah. yeah. It's, that, that to me is like, even the death of Master Asia yep. is almost as sad as that, mm-hmm. but not exactly, because, you know, it's like he has this realization that he spent so much time hating his brother mm-hmm. for nothing yeah. and that he was just being used like a fool and that all along his brother was innocent and trying to do the right thing and got caught up in something huge yeah. and at the very moment that he realizes this he has to kill his own brother Damn. I, think, uh, I think the Master Asia death is more stylized where that one where the, when he has to kill Kyoji he's got the more impact like yeah. that's what really kind of that's when you really see that kind of the Domon starting to have the change and starting to put things together that yeah. like everything you were told and everything you've been asked to do is probably not what really happened or you know really what you should be doing yeah, because and the thing is you know for both Domon and for us as the audience it's, yep. it's the moment where you realize you've both we've both been deceived yes oh, yeah. yes I was just gonna say that because you're introduced to the whole conflict when Domon has his flashback and you're right there with him it's like yeah Domon find that guy take him out and then when you get to the point where you know Domon's gotta kill him you don't want to see it happen and you know yeah so you have the exact same reaction that Domon does mm-hmm. that Oh my God! Everything I thought up to now was wrong. Yep. Another reason to watch G Gundam. And and what makes it even the, like right when he unleashes the Sekiha Tenkyo Ken and it hits them and you see like in black and white sketch the faces of yes. Kyoji and Schwartz merging into one and yeah. then fading away. Oh my God, man! Isn't there a short flashback around there too of um, him and Domon like younger? Before. Yeah. Okay. Before. And that, like, Five minutes before that is when it's like they have like flashbacks of That's them right. with Domo and his kids. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it in a while, so it's... you know they explain you, you you get like the the little tie together that that picture that Domo had that he was using to track down Kyoji that uh, young little Rain took that picture. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, I would say that horrifying for Domo and kind of for the audience when you realize what that death means and you know how it changes your perspective about. Kyoji from the entire series. Exactly. I'd have to say an, another honorable mention on one of the Gundam shows would be Lock On in season one getting yep. killed, especially with he's got all that that whole little that whole little speech he has towards the end, mm-hmm. where he's still kind of just hating the Earth and everything that it's about mm-hmm. as he's dying out there. And the other one I would say, as much as it's not really horrifying, but it's kind of it's really sad. Is but it's uplifting too. Is um, and Solbro, I love this, is when Emma uh, dies and yeah. has that... Um, <laughs> I, was, I, was, this, I was saving that for last, the, but there the, you go. The speech, <laughs> the, this, the speech that she gave to, um, you know, and it's always, you know, the anime cliche is always, you know, the, the I'm able to get out all these words even though I'm dying, you know, type of speech. But, mm-hmm. you know, something Well, that's like, not even an anime cliche. That's just like... Everything, yeah. Filmed entertainment in general. But, um, you know, that, that one was uh, definitely uh, horrifying, but... Yeah, I mean, ugh, some of some of these ones are. It, it almost seems sometimes that some of the horrifying deaths are actually more to the general public <laughs> than than the actual characters. Than to some of the actual characters. Some of these shows you don't want to be the general public. You don't. <laughs> some of these universes. It's not. It's not safe to be a bystander. Not in a, Not in a Tamino show. If it's like you got cast as uh, being in a Tamino show and you're you know innocent bystander A. <laughs> Please report to special effects. I don't, I don't recall there being too many innocent bystander massacres in King Gainer, so that that could be okay there. Or yeah, that's, yeah. Even in turn, well, even in turn A, 
mm-hmm. uh, at the beginning when there's like the big attack on Gnosis and all yeah. of these buildings get destroyed and all the people get like screwed up and killed. You know, they that that's not good either. So well, why is it corrected? <laughs> yeah, so uh, watch out on the Tomino universe you choose to jump into. Yes, if, if that ever happens to you, that someday you are just trapped in a Tomino universe. Go through the farthest reaches. <laughs> any uh, any other uh, horrifying ones? Or no, I'm. Good. I think I'm done. So if you guys you have any more to mention, or I got a couple funny ones. Um, you know, because uh, I just saw it the other day. I popped it in the other day. Was um, this one's a real rock from uh, Shars Counterattack? <laughs> When the when the the Zeon guys going around and and they're popping all those decoys and he's like, oh, this one's a real rock, boom. <laughs> Famous last words. And uh, since we since we talked about uh, a lot about uh, victory having some horrible deaths, the funniest death of all was Oliver Oliver May going into um, instead of uh, maybe crashing into the bridge or maybe even the side of the wheel. Um, crash into the front of the wheel. He comes crashes into the front of the wheel. That's pretty much it on my end. When and Bridgestone stock went up. <laughs> I, I just—I mean, the rule is if you're going to sacrifice yourself, you're supposed at least to make, make it worthwhile. Yeah, make make a difference. <laughs> and the only reason he wasn't able to make a worthwhile sacrifice was that there were named characters on the bridge. Yeah. <laughs> well, that and I, I have to say another one is when um, uh, Yazan set up uh, Jamitov, or not Jamitov, Jamaican. Uh, Jamaican. <laughs> He's just sitting there begging him, please shoot me, please shoot me. He's like, please Gundam, hit the target. (laughs) (laughs) And then just jumps out of the way. And what makes it so funny is like the next episode that you got the the old captain that was originally having the Alexandria. He's complaining because the the bridge still isn't the way it used to be. (laughs) It's like... It's like they just they brought it back into port. They hosed it down a little bit and gave it a new set of paint and some new electronics. And, and, and removed the, the, the fried Jamaican bits. <laughs> the, his forehead was glued to the bulkhead. <laughs> that was such an asshole. All right, well, I think we should stop there because yeah. we're, we're going to go on forever. So Woo! that wraps up this um, enlightening and endearing and uplifting segment of Gundam at MHQ. We'll be right back. Did you order the code red? Goddamn right I did! Need a cake, but you don't want something boring from the local supermarket or bakery? In the South Florida area, try EpicSugarWorks.com. This bakery specializes in creating cakes based off of your favorite anime series, video game character, or whatever custom design you're looking for. Their online store also features anime and video game themed chocolate lollipops, as well as gift certificates if you want to give something to somebody. So if you're looking for a cake that's above the norm, go to EpicSugarWorks.com. It's epically delicious. Hey everybody, this is Chris. You're listening to Gundam at MHQ. And so wraps up another uplifting and endearing episode of Gundam, where we affirm all of the wonderful things of life and why it's worth living and what you can do in your daily life to make things better. Exactly. So today we talked about death. 
depths that we found amusing and horrifying. Yeah, to balance it out so we don't get any hate. All you guys talk about is make fun of people dying. But in the end, it's all death. Yeah. Oh. You are just dead. And then we also talked about the mechanics of Mecha, as in the dudes who make the crap run. <laughs> the valiant men and women who devote themselves to allowing unrealistic human-shaped robots to fight in war to their heart's content. And very quick turnaround times. Very quick turnaround times. <laughs> Sometimes mere seconds, if we're talking about the Methus from Zeta Gundam. <laughs> wow. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I should mention that to the segment, but hey, better late than never, right? Hey, oh my god. Yes. Snuck it in. So, just as a closing reminder, as was mentioned in the uh, Neo's news segment, uh, Gundam will be present at uh, YusumiCon in Miami on July 11th and 12th, and then a few weeks after that, some of us will be uh, hitting up San Diego Comic Con, so get on the lookout for Gundam in both locations. Uh, does anybody have anything they want to say before we uh, wrap up this troll wreck of a show? No, I, I do have, I do have one thing. I, I know a couple shows ago I had asked some guys to put some uh, comments on iTunes and they did. And so but, you know, and I'm very happy that everybody did that, but for all those that didn't do it, or if you want to create a new um, iTunes account under a different name and you want to do it some more, you know, put that on there because, um, you know, that stuff kind of helps. And once again, I will also break it out to our British uh, fans and listeners. Try, try to get us on some of your shows because, like we said earlier, this American thing's not working, so maybe we can just make for fools out of ourselves in another country and do it with dry English wit. Also, uh, speaking of things that were thrown out... Uh Solbro threw out a tweet on Twitter asking people uh, what they would prefer in a battle, a Gundam or a Valkyrie. Yes. <laughs> and um, I retweeted, I just, I was just retweeting it, but I got a lot of the replies directed to the MHQ Twitter account. Mm -hmm. So um, might as well throw up that tally of what I have. Don't forget Facebook as well. A lot of people did. Um, they also responded on Facebook. Um, at least I can I can account for Facebook. The preference of Gundam went out hand over fist on Facebook. From the Twitter replies that I received directly to the MHQ.net account, it was there were four, and it was split 50-50. Man. Well, it's nice to see the Valkyrie winning something. My vote was for the Valkyrie, by the way, on um, on Facebook. But um, Two people chose just generic Gundams. Mm -hmm. One person chose uh, the Fire Valkyrie, our friend uh, Doctor. Sure, it's not really effective in a fight, but it comes with an awesome soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and uh, from Ghost Lightning, uh, he chose the VF-25 Super Pack equipped nice. version. Speed, range, can break the atmosphere, Garewalk can fold with help and never as ugly as transforming Gundams. <laughs> From uh, Don Kangoe Jones, sorry I'm mangling that, uh, generic Gundam, and our buddy Snoops, Gundam, there are transforming Gundams anyway. Yeah. Well dang, Snoops. You, See buddy, you got in there twice. You're no fun. Don't, don't say I never did nothing for you. <laughs> no, um, it's for Gun Tank, I take it. Some of the best responses on um, Facebook here. Um, speaking of Snoops here, he said, um, gotta be the Gundam. There are things like Savior to balance out the Valkyrie and more. Also, um, as Chris Mallard says, Savior for the win. A f one of our female listeners, Takara Masumi, said, I'm the blue Valkyrie. Why the Savior? So the Transforming will just lull the Valkyrie pilot to sleep? <laughs> you just might. <laughs> John Quilty says, Gundam can't beat a Zeta or a Double X. And last but not least, Thomas Uther says, hard choice. Depending on the Gundam, I would choose a Gundam. Uh, given the choice of on which Gundam, I would choose a Double X Gundam. However, a Valkyrie should be close to useless against Gundams from Seed. 
So my choice would be the YF19 from MacOS Plus. A good pick. A good there you pick. go. Thank you for uh, thank you everyone for participating in the tweet off. There'll be other ones, and keep an eye out for them on the um, on the MAHQ Twitter at uh, twitter.com/slash/mahqdotnet. Also, other uh, websites you can check out, of course, are mahq.net, gundam.net, and you can find us on iTunes, Zoom, MySpace, Facebook, and you can reach us by email by just going to Gundam, M-A-H-Q, at gmail.com. Are you gonna, when, when are you going to have the tweet off of uh, what, what, what host of Gundam annoys you the most? <laughs> or, you, or what host would you, do you want to die in a fiery car wreck oh, or man. in a funny way? I'm sure I'll top the charts. <laughs> Let's, we'll do that one next. So, uh, nice. gentlemen, anything else to say? No. It's been a great show. Then uh, that wraps up this episode of Gundam at MHQ. We'll see you next time live in, um, well, not live for you <laughs> listening to the podcast, but live from uh, Yasumi Khan in Miami. Hey, hey. See you later. You don't know what I have to go through. You don't understand. So what if I'm not you? That doesn't mean it's okay for you to give up. If you do, I'll never forgive you as long as I live. Gundam at MHQ is a Shinjuku station in the MHQ production. Oh, this is this is nice. This is the end. Okay. Where exactly am I? Um, oh, gra- here's the song. Oh, good. Um, there's some things that are still unresolved here, guys. How, how do I get home? Uh, what do I eat? Was Ray my, my mom or... A clone or hell? Was this all in my mind? What? What's an Ava? Is that sort of a Freudian thing or, um, am I real? Oh, hell. does the bus run through here? I mean, I'd like to go home now, but um, oh god, where's home? Okay, okay, okay. I mustn't run away. I mustn't run. Okay, I got that. Good. Okay. Now, if I were to run away, let's analyze that. Where the f- would I go? I'm on a big blue ball. Uh, is this how you end the series? I mean, is this where we go from here? Okay, the movie better sure as hell make up for this. I'm telling you right now, because I'm stuck in nowhere land. You ran out of ink too, didn't you, you bastard?